On Deep Dive today, I spoke with Khalil Noor Khalil, a 28-year-old economist with experience in public investment policy, who was recently appointed the Executive Secretary of the Kaduna Investment and Promotion Agency. We talked about his early life and the mandate of his agency, which is to promote, facilitate, and coordinate investments through public-private partnerships, privatizations, and commercializations. Enjoy our conversation. All right, so um, Mr. Khalil Nul Khalil, thank you for joining us on this um, program. It's a pleasure to have you on. So firstly, looking at your academic background, you've always been an excellent student, um, top of your class, first class in university, first class in your master's degree. And I'd be curious, um, what is it that has driven you all your life to become top of your class? Is this something that your parents had always wanted? It was something that has, um, it's been a personal drive or some sort of a personal um, interest for you to always top your class? Uh, oh, God. Very good question. Um, hmm. Let me say there are extrinsic and intrinsic reasons, first of all. So for extrinsic reasons, uh, well, let me start with the intrinsic reason, right? Uh, let me see. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> the, the story is too much. <laughs> so I'd say intrinsically speaking, you know, there's there's the whole search for purpose on an individual level. Uh, you know, you need to redefine yourself. I've, I've found that I need to constantly redefine myself. I used to do, I used to be a nerd. Then I was like into music. So I was a cool guy. Then I became a nerd again and so on and so forth. So it's this constant need to redefine and find a purpose in life, right? So when I found myself in government, I was like, okay, you know, what... What do I need to do? So I say the 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 fear, <laughs> the fear of failure <laughs> is is definitely is definitely uh, one of them, right? Then extrinsically is to ensure you know, you know I I came ac- I came across that in life for you to have a purpose in life, you know it needs to be outside yourself. So how are the people around you? Are they happy? Are they growing? And so on and so forth. So I'd say. The internal drive of being, of fearing failure, and then the external drive of finding purpose outside yourself to ensure everyone around you is good to go. And obviously, I cannot negate the inherent ambitious soul that I, that I am. So that that's that's also a factor. Yeah, you know, yeah, when when, yeah. when you start when you start getting the A's from primary school and so on, you, you never want to stop. Exactly. It's a constant rush anyway. So. Yeah, but you speak you speak very highly, you know, of your time at the Eastern Mediterranean University. What was it about the school that had such a profound impact, you know, in your life and career? Um, you know, that you speak so highly of your time there. Okay. Um, I think I don't do enough justice to my primary school, honestly. I think I'd say the first place that really revolutionized or shaped my formative years would be my primary school in KIS here in Kaduna, Kaduna International School. So that's why I developed a reading culture. That's why I developed a, a research culture. That's why I became really curious. That was why I was bagging all my academic achievements and so on. So I'd say the reason why I kept talking about Cyprus was that was post when I felt, you know, um, I was straight out of my, I wouldn't say music life or production life, 
but it was straight out of the years where I lagged behind, you know, academically and so on. So when I went to Cyprus, you know, it was a very quiet environment. Uh, it, it was it was a turning point for me. So I got to reposition myself back to being the nerd that I originally was. <laughs> so I said, you know, I, I really sat down. I read all the books I wanted to read in the past, you know, six, seven years. I didn't. Uh, I watched all the movies I needed to watch, the documentaries. So it was a soul-searching uh, academic exercise. And Cyprus gave me that environment, honestly. So I wouldn't say it's the institution per se. I don't want to take anything away from them because given, you know, it's, a, it's actually a good place to learn and so on and so forth. I did well academically, but honestly, it's because of what I was doing outside school, what I was reading outside school that contributed to me doing and excelling academically. But yeah. Interesting. So you were appointed um, 2021 um, as Executive Secretary of the Kaduna Investment and um, Promotion Agency. I'm curious a bit, when you were appointed to lead that agency, what was your first thought? Was it that of being intimidated? You know, this imposter syndrome of how am I going to lead such an important agency, especially if you're going to be reporting, um, you know, to Governor El Rufai, who would want you to be on your toes. Um, did you feel a bit out of case or you just felt that, okay, you had it in you um, to turn around that agency and to deliver on its mandate? Um, you know, at first, obviously, it was uh, <clears throat> it was this wave, like I told some other reporter of, of um, it wasn't depression. It was a wave of burden on my shoulders, right? So on the one hand, it was the age factor. So I knew, okay, all the youths in Nigeria will be looking, and if we don't deliver, there'll be problem, right? And then on the other hand, because I've been in the institution since I was a copper, since I came back in 2017, and I served in 2018, I already knew the bulk of the work needed in the agency. I knew we, for us to get to where we need to get to, we need to do X, Y, Z, and so on. So just knowing the amount of work needed, it was just crazy. I was overwhelmed. You know, I was in a wave of depression for like a day or two. Because <laughs> I, I was just sitting there, I was like, oh my God, can I do this? <laughs> you know. But then what really, well, the light at the end of the tunnel was... Um, you know, there's a saying that, you know, God doesn't burden his soul beyond that which he can bear. Mm -hmm. So automatically, I knew, okay, God wouldn't let it reach this level for him to just embarrass me and so on. So I knew I was up to the task, um, but uh, I, I still wasn't sure. But I knew for me to be here, it means, I, you know, there's an avenue for me to do so. And I think the governor is very supportive. Um, he's not one to sit down and talk down on you and so on. It's a results merit-based environment. You either deliver or you don't. So for me to get to this level is because I have been delivering. So it's for me to sustain that and even do more. So I knew that's what I needed to do. Got the team together, reshuffled the agency. I uh, have a lot of support from my chairman as well, the deputy governor. She's been very, very supportive. My vice chairman, His Highness uh, Muhammad Sunusi II as well. So I think with those kind of father figures and mother figures, I don't think there's room for failure, honestly. Yeah, I'm very, you, I, very, was, very I, I was going to ask, because, you know, you were 28 when you were appointed, and I like the fact that you talked about um, that the entire Nigerian youth were going to be looking straight at Kaduna to see what um, the poster boy was going to do, and if he failed, um, there's going to be another clear example of why young people shouldn't hold strategic positions. But then I'm wondering that at 28, did you find it difficult um, dealing with 
um, the bureaucracy, who many, I guess, would have been older than you, um, you know, giving orders. Did you think that your age was a disadvantage or there was any part of it, apart from the fact that you were a lot more energetic at 28, um, that was advantageous for you to lead an agency at 28? Mm, so I think, uh, again, it goes back to what I told you. <clears throat> this government is driven by, you know, it's a meritocracy, honestly. So this age factor, I, I think when you're looking for people to deliver, age, height, color, it doesn't matter. You know, for the governor, it's who can deliver. Uh, you put that person, the guy or the woman in that position to deliver. So what happened was, you know, I got appointed. Yes, I have directors older than me and so on. But if you guys are working so hard and everybody is doing their job, nobody is going to have time to sit down and be like, oh, this kid is ordering to do X, Y, Z. No, <laughs> we've never had that uh, issue in Kadipa, honestly. Mm. Um, I'm yet to see where it will even come up because, you know, it's just a lot of banter. We have a great cordial relationship with all of my directors. I've known them. They know me. We know their family. They know our family, so... Honestly, none of that. So I've been very lucky to have uh, to not have bureaucratic issues, even within, even outside the the agency. I had a lot of support. Honestly, it's the opposite of what people think. Wow, interesting. So, so let's get down to business a bit. So your your job basically is to attract investments into Kaduna. Um, let me start by asking: Why exactly would anyone want to invest in Kaduna State? Okay, uh, you would want to invest in Kaduna State because, number one, uh, we're talking about the third largest market in, in Nigeria. So after your Lagos, Kano, and so on, you'll be looking at Kaduna State. You'll be looking at Kaduna State because we're strategically positioned right in the middle of the north. So you have access to the 19 northern states and all the markets across the north. Uh, it would be logical for you to position your plant, your factory, your business to service those markets, right? It would be logical for you to also set up in Kaduna State, given our productive workforce. My um, 75% of our population is below the ages of 35. Um, you would position yourself here because, you know, we're the center of learning. We have all the research, development, all the institutions, the universities, and so on. Uh, you position yourself here because the number one reason why people even invest here is the political will. So, you know, Governor Nasser Ahmad Erifai, His Excellency does not joke. Uh, you know he will support you from your submission all the way to commissioning. And you know no other state governor will give you that kind of support. Uh, you know that there's a friendly business environment, number one, on the ease of doing business ranking subnationally across the whole of Nigeria. Kaduna State was ranked number one in 2018, the doing business report by the World Bank. Uh, you know we have automated all our processes and so on. So all these different factors, if you put them together, would be the yeah, reason why you invest in I see you have an entire textbook of why people should invest in Kaduna. Absolutely. We can have a debate of whether there are other governors who would likely um, support investments in their states. But I'm a bit curious also, agriculture makes about 85% of your GDP in Kaduna state. Um, you know, I'm wondering what critical investments you've been able to attract into the agricultural sector, especially given the fact that um, Kaduna is number one um, in ginger production, in maize production, and I think it's also topping soya beans. So what, what, what strategic investments have you attracted into Kaduna State 
um, in these areas that has created well-meaning jobs uh, um, for people um, with decent wages. Okay, um, so our agricultural portfolio spans uh, across the agricultural sector. What we have done is to, you know, we did the state development plan 2021-2025, where we're now looking at adding value to all these uh, primary products uh, that we have. So we have done the likes of Olam, we have done the likes of Dongote Agro, we have done the likes of Dama Household Milk Farm um, Project in Kubo. We have done, um, what's it called? We are, we are currently trying to do what's known as the special agro processing zones. Uh, we had a green agro allied industrial zone, which we are converting to the SAPZ. Uh, this is a facility by the Africa Development Bank to do like an industrial park where we do we're going to put all the companies there. So Olam and Co are anchor tenants there. OCP Fertilizer is going to be commissioned by the president in May. Um, you know, what we're trying to do is to ensure all these primary crops, we're not just dealing, we're not just trading them, selling them. We're trying to add value to them to service the local market and also to export via our dry port. As you may recall, we have the first dry port across Nigeria that was launched in, I think, 2018. So we're trying to do all of that. It's 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 a lot of hard work. We've done a lot so far. We have privatized the ginger, Kachia Ginger Factory, that's Kachia Foods, to a large, a large company. Um, they are going to re revive it. And we're also in talks with a lot of other companies to come in and set up a ginger factory as well to add value to it. Uh, for soybeans and maize, uh, the SAPZ would be what we're looking at to ensure companies come in and set up there to add value as well. Um, <clears throat> I can mention a lot of other companies. Yeah, the I mean, top of my I, head, I don't uh, deny the fact you know, that there's a lot of activities. Yeah, I don't deny the fact that there's a lot of activities happening in many of these um, sectors that you've highlighted. But even 30 seconds before we go to the next question, you could just help me crunch it into numbers if, if there are numbers available that points to, um, you know, value of investments that have been attracted into these sectors. And more importantly, because the idea of these investments is to create meaningful employment opportunities, um, you know, for young people in Kaduna State, many of whom you have rightfully said, um, you know, are young, vibrant, um, um, and are skilled. So in terms of numbers, um, how much jobs have been created by these investments or, you know, what is the what was the value of the investment that has been attracted into these sectors? Okay. Um, so for the likes of um, Olam, <clears throat> Olam was a $150 million investment. Uh, with the expansion plans, we're looking at $250 million. The Arla project is upwards of $10 million. Uh, we're looking at, uh, what's it called? We're looking at thousands of jobs there, definitely. Uh, the likes of OCP Africa is a $13.4 million investment. Uh, that's also going to employ hundreds. Uh, Tomato Joss, Tomato Joss is a $10 million investment as well. Uh, that's going to span across um, you know, thousands of jobs due to the sort of uh, extension and Borrower type of uh, model she has, outgrower schemes. Uh, there's the likes of um, Barbados Fertilizer Group, uh, Barbados Fertilizer Plant, sorry. We just commissioned that with the president. It's upwards of about $2, 3000000 million. Uh, there's the likes of TMDK Industries. is an integrated agro-industrial park. That's $25 million as well. It's also going to create um, thousands of jobs. If you factor in both direct and indirect, 
Um, we, we have the likes of the SAPZ I just mentioned. And the reason why I keep coming back to the SAPZ is because if we have one industrial park where we domicile all the upcoming investments we have, then I think uh, you know we're more or less good to go. So I'd say more than a thousand jobs, more than three hundred million dollars in the investment portfolio. Uh, so far, so good. I mean, the government has always complained about the state's um, uh, revenue vis-a-vis um, the ability of the government to invest in infrastructure and um, in other development projects. I know that you have. Um, raised IGR spectacularly, but the governor keeps complaining that the bulk of, 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 of the government's revenue is going into paying salaries and overheads, and very little is left um, for critical investments in the state. Um, so I'd like to ask you, do, do, do you view this problem as um, a better way to manage a small pie, or it, it's time that Kaduna builds a bigger pie? Um, because I know that there are times where you know the state has proposed to lay off a lot of unproductive staff, to, you know, to free up resources that can go into other critical investments. Isn't a small pie the problem? And shouldn't Kaduna be thinking of baking a bigger pie um, that can go around rather than try to manage um, what what it has at the moment? But I like to hear how you view the problem. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you grow the pie? You grow the pie by leveraging private sector investments. You're growing the pie by expanding the industrial base of the country. You're growing, not the country, sorry, the state. You're growing the pie by bringing in investments. You're growing the pie by employing people. So the more people you employ, the more payee you get, the more you get in internally generated revenues. You have mentioned we've done wonders from 13 billion in 2015 to 50.7 billion in 2020. So the more investments we bring in, the more jobs that we create, the bigger the pie becomes in Kaduna State, the more we're going to increase internal generator revenues and rely less on FAC. So this is all part of the investment drive. It's part and parcel of what we're trying to do and achieve in Kadipa and the whole logic of establishing the investment promotion agency. Other states should also look to doing so. You talk about, uh, this takes me to manufacturing in, in Kaduna State, you know, which used to be famous, especially for textile manufacturing. <laughs> that hired you know, thousands and thousands of young people who worked many years in, in, in Kaduna State. Um, is there a plan you know, by the Kaduna investment to also revive many of these industries that have gone more about, or to at least attract um, you know, new investments in these industries um, that can be a massive drive um, for employment creation and opportunities in Kaduna State. It's there. I know that Pojo is trying to set up um, a plant in Kaduna, if I'm correct. Um, but I mean, are there strategic plan in place to, to revive many of these textile industries to attract investments into them or to at least explore other manufacturing uh, investment opportunities in Kaduna? So there's not only a plan, but most of it has already been done. So first of all, with like the likes of Dangote you just mentioned, the plant is already up and running. Uh, it's the Dangote Project Automobile. Nigeria is between Abuja Kaduna Highway, right next to the SAPZ guys that I'm talking about, right next to Ola. Uh, with regards to Moribond Industries, those are the brownfield investments who have gone so far as to privatize uh, hotels, motels, and state-owned enterprises. We have sold off Kachia Jinja, like I mentioned, we have sold off um, Zaria Hotel. We have sold off, uh, you know, we're about to conclude Desaria Pharmaceuticals, which is Zaria Inject in Zaria. 
we're going to do the handover on Thursday with the deputy governor. Uh, we have sold off, or we're about to sell off Magari Fish Sugar, Akafancha flour mills as well. So these are, <laughs> we are very cognizant of it. It's just that we haven't been making noise for the privatization and the brownfield, which we're about to embark on by this week, inshallah. So yes, we're very strategic. Uh, we're very much deliberate on reviving, you know, these sectors. With regards to textile, part of the plans for the SAPZ is to revive the textile um, CTG sector, so the cotton textile garment sector. We're also doing that with the likes of the Green Economics Zone with KK Kingdom, who are looking to develop um, Kingdom textiles as well. So I don't know if you if you know this, but even our vice chairman is chairman of UNTL United Nigeria Textile Limited. They're also doing an industrial park as well. So these are plans that are ongoing. Um, a lot of people will feel the impact very soon. Uh, we'll be making noise about reviving most of these sectors, but we're very much passionate about it, especially with CTG and textiles. I know that insecurity has been a big issue in Kaduna State, and, and this surely must have, um, you know, given a lot of investors a second thought. How has the Kaduna State government, particularly your agency that is in charge of promoting these investments, um, giving a lot of confidence um, to investors that their monies, uh, staff, and technology will be safe in Kaduna State you know, to essentially make it a home for their money. How, how do you inspire that confidence? Because when they look at the news and the papers, it might be a bit um, discouraging. Okay, so first of all, we tell them, you know, there's the political will to ensure that their investments are secure. Kaduna State is probably the only state in Nigeria to establish a Ministry of Internal Security and Home Affairs to deal with the security situation. Um, we also publish quarterly security reports that are transparent, public, and open. Uh, we're the only state to do this. And obviously, the logic of establishing and putting out these reports is to ensure the numbers continue to go down over time. Um, so what, what Kadipa does to reassure investors is, you know, if you mobilize to site, we give you 24-hour security. We ensure from the time that you begin construction all the way to when you commission and begin operations, security is guaranteed for you 247. Uh, there are, there's priority given to investors and so on. And a lot of these investors that we have on ground have come in to see for themselves. They have spoken to players on the ground. And this is how we'll continue to market ourselves in terms of alleviating the security issue. And then, of course, the investment drive is part and parcel of the solution to the insecurity situation we have in Kaduna State. So the more people have jobs, the more economic activities we have in all these areas where kidnappers, bandits reside, obviously, the lesser we're going to have security problems because people have work to do, people will be employed, communities will be empowered, and so on. So I think, you know, we're on the right track. We just continue, we'll continue to double down on activities, and we feel economic development is a solution to the insecurity situation in Kaduna State. Talking about insecurity a little bit more, I know that earlier in our conversation, you talked about the fact that you know Kaduna is well positioned as a gateway to northern Nigeria. And I'm here wondering, there are a lot of businesses that are being displaced in the northeastern part of the country due to terrorism. And of course, a lot of people are fleeing um, um, hotspots like Zamfara. Uh, 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 where there's a lot of banditry, if you'd like. Um, is there anything that your agency is doing to make many of these businesses, um, make Kaduna home to many of these businesses that are relocating from these troubled spots? 
um, you know, so that they don't, because many of them have a problem moving down south. And we've heard reports from the Daily Trust that some businesses are even moving to, to Niger Republic. So is there anything that Kaduna State is doing to make itself home to many of these businesses um, that are running or relocating from, from the northeastern part of the country or the northwestern part of the country that are troubled with banditry, um, you know, and insecurity? And, and what incentives are you giving these businesses, if any, um, to make Kaduna home? Yes. Uh, so first of all, the investment drive, the continued sensitization of investment in Kaduna is happening. Uh, what we have done to solve this regional crisis uh, is we have, we're constituting what's known as the Northwest Investment Area Agreement, where we're trying to market the entire region and to collaborate with other IPAs across those investment promotion agencies across the region. What we want to do is to ensure that, yes, they set up in Kaduna State, but if you want to expand or you're looking for more land and so on and so forth, you know, you could move into Kasena, you could move into, I don't know, the likes of Jigawa and all that. So Kaduna State is very much, uh, I would say, proactive in terms of ensuring we attract these investors that are running away from the security-prone areas. Uh, we'll continue to be more proactive in terms of solving our insecurity issues to make Kaduna State the home base and to revive our industrial base. So yes, we're very much conscious of what you know okay, just so, mentioned. So final question before I let you get back to work. Um, what, what would you say has been your biggest achievement running this agency so far? And if perhaps um, what your biggest challenge has been and how you, you have overcome or how you are attempting to overcome that challenge? Hmm. Hmm. Biggest achievement is the debottlenecking de of a lot of the challenges we have had in the previous years due to the immense support that we're getting from MDAs, collaboration from the federal government and so on. Uh, I think that's been the biggest achievement for us. The biggest challenge for me would be, I think, hmm, the biggest challenge would be we're probably not thinking big enough. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we could dream even even bigger like in terms of going global like integrating to the global economy so i don't want to be too unrealistic i think that's the biggest challenge at least we're trying to be realistic trying to use the resources we have at the moment and just see how it goes so yeah i mean it's been an incredible conversation with you and i think it's a wonderful place to draw the curtain um executive secretary Kaduna investment um, promotions. Khalil Nur Khalil, thank you for joining us in this conversation on Deep Dax. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you and have a wonderful day.